Howdy folks, um, welcome to a duo podcast because it's just me and Kim. Um, so Jill is in Japan, Darren is on LV426 because he went to see Alien and Aliens tonight in the Lighthouse Cinema and, for, and, and forgot that that was happening and then had to kind of back out last minute, poor lad, but he's enjoying himself, so that's all that matters. And it's Darren, yeah. Darren looking at Xenomorphs on the big screen, so it's this happy place. Um, yeah. So you just have the two parental version or parental nodes in pubcast because we're at home with the kids so we're doing yes, a podcast. The two and, a, and the dog maxwell is here too um so look doggo doggo cameos are fantastic i've i've been doing twitch streams with d8 dungeon of late and we're getting loads of cat arseholes on the screen so i'll take a dog bark over a cat arsehole any day no problem whatsoever uh welcome to pubcast as always i'm wayne I'm Kim. This is Maxwell. He's going to shut his face. No. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Place um, your bets, folks. We'll see what happens. Hey, we'll, friend. What's the crack? Um, <laughs> that's what, it was real funny. I told her, it's just me and Kim doing the podcast. Like, I go on half the chats. Half yeah, the chats. The chats. We're the going best. to. I um. We've had, like, it's been uh, since Ooh. we were, uh, we'll, we have to drink for a shitty callback. Yeah. But um, it's so funny. I was thinking about the stuff I was saying last last time. And you know the way a lot of ranty people are just doing 100% projection? Sure. I've been remember there. Me, uh, I've been there. Remember me talking about how uh, some uh, RPGers are a bit... Uh, emotional or, or uh socially unaware sure sure i'm just thinking about um our last when we were with dakota irish at gamer fest oh nearly a year ago <laughs> and now. i was talking to amanda and i thought i was being totally reasonable and i could just see her face going <laughs> yeah yeah that that happened it's that just, did happen I was just like a calf that had been just let out of a shed. Well, I, in your defense, Kim, in your defense, we were coming out the kind of the, we were starting to socialize again following COVID. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and GamerFest is coming up again in May and there is stuff it in the works is. for uh, Dakota mm -hmm. Irish and their gaming section. And they have been they're reaching out to see who's interested in doing things. And I think we're going to be doing something again. We'll see what happens. Um, I think it's the weekend of May 27th and 28th. So... Uh, we'll see what it was we can great do. fun yeah. it was like i can't believe how much buzz there was around um the tabletop gaming area but i have to say watching actual like these whiz kids playing valorant on a giant screen it was yeah. so thrilling <laughs> I, yeah i don't get this we've had this conversation before i think in person but you like watching people play video games but this is people make fun of kids now and um, they're like oh my god my kids on youtube watching a kid play with toys my kids on youtube watching a kid play another game just play the game you have the game you play the game i'm like no i was as a college student watching other people play video games like they're just better at it than me and i like it's thrilling watching this like this 15 year old that is basically half computer at this point like their 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 pc gaming is on that they've they've they're, melted they're into they're it. members of the borg it's like you know what and it is it's like yeah. the body in superman 3 when she gets sucked into the supercomputer 
and she turns yeah. into that robot. It's fucking terrifying. I, um, it's stunning to watch too because the real pros, um, especially at Gamer Fest, they were they were they weren't moving. Wayne, it's like five kids on one side, five kids on the other. Yeah. I say kids, that's nineteen year olds to us now, but um, just this. Yeah. This. And when when I think about, I, I remember um, I have very relatable experience that I can relate to that situation. I remember once I was trying to hit a high score on the original SingStar oh. because the original SingStar had a mission portion. It had a, had a storyline? Like it had a, it, a yes. quest line? Yes. You wow. started out on a small toilet circuit singing two songs three songs and if you killed it at your gigs you got given bigger gigs you had different songs that you could perform you unlocked songs as you went along and then you got given bigger uh, and the the goal was in the original singstar was to get the big gig at the end like arena gig and consider now these are ps2 graphics yeah but you were looking at the crowd for this and it was thrilling. It was thrilling, but I couldn't get the high score to like, to really, to get to the big concert that you had to give at the end because I jumped too much and my breathing would, would fuck me up for sustained notes. Sure. And I can't remember whether it was you or our friend, Matt, the flying pirate, they came back to our shared house to find me in a dark house where night had fallen around me and I was in roller skates because when I was in the roller skates, I couldn't jump. I think. And I had to, I had to stop the jumping because I was losing points. I don't remember if that was me or Matt or both of I, us at I the don't, same time. I don't know, but if I mean, ever see, I here's the thing, Kim, you, that could have been... That could have been multiple occasions of us just walking no, in. I, no, I only resorted to putting on roller skates to keep me stable once. Who puts on roller skates to be stable? Like Anyway, but I can't jump in them and I can't bounce in them. So it kept me level. And I just, I was like, I was gaming that I wasn't singing. It wasn't singing. Singing is so, an act oh, of joy yes, yes. and it's, celebration. It's like, it's like when you're this playing, was, yeah. Because I've been yeah. in those situations where you're playing SingStar with some people and they just... They do the quiet thing where they're like oh. just hitting that. They're just like, but they're hitting the, they're hitting the bar but, and they are hitting it, yeah. and but they're not really giving it welly. And really yeah. you want to be giving it welly because that's karaoke. Oh, I think the podcast has proved that we, uh, we have a, we have a, um, we have a creed when it comes to how to do things. Yeah. And not but like, this particular, not, not like, you yeah. know, you want to take us higher anywhere with creed. Yeah. Or like that, but, but on this a, one, I needed to, creed. I need to hack it. But I think it's funny that I would be the one that used to come into the house and find y'all's playing. Wow. In the yeah. dark, because night had fallen around you and I'd make fun of you. So mine is worse. So well, and we'd, we we'd be in the dark shouting. I'd be upstairs and Matt would be downstairs and we'd be shouting it, down to each yeah. other and up to each other. What? Yeah. I mean, look, I think voyeurism when it comes to video games has been around for a very, very long time. And I think yeah. key moments with video game voyeurism, I think initially it stemmed from tournaments. The one big one in my mind that always crops out at me when I asked the question to myself, who likes watching people video, play video games? Yeah. The one tournament moment that, happened, that jumps out to me is Evo Moment 37, which is the big Street Fighter moment of the, I think it's like a, I think it's called, a, it's, a, it's a particular name for, a, it's a parry. 
So it's a perfect parry. So it's it's a tournament, and anyone that knows, like it's a it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's one of those internet moments. Like it's up there with you know shoes or piano cat or chocolate rain. It's one of those moments. But it was basically a tournament where this shoes. dude, is, yeah, um, early early. But, you you know. have to put all those links underneath this, by the way. I'll put keyboard cat in. Yeah, a keyboard cat. Um, but I'll put I'll put this in. Like I'll put it in for people that don't know. It's going in now. Rare footage of Nigo actually angry. Justin's turtle style. Overcome Rao. Now on the verge of putting Nigo down. One nothing. was evo moment 37 where it's literally this very famous parry of somebody who thinks they're about to win a street fighter tournament a major street fighter tournament if not the street fighter tournament and this player goes all in and this other player just parries every single hit full on and the crowd got fucking mental um and so the timing is like supernatural 100%, but like you could see the two dudes playing it two people playing it and it was just like you said the kids were just still like, there was no emotion involved. No. Now, I've played Street Fighter. And there's only one person that I can't beat in Street Fighter to this day. And that's my buddy, Mike Murphy. And I got this close once. I mean, I got this close. Like the, On, like, the health bar. The bollock hair of closeness, right? And he pulled it out of the bag and he beat me. And I went fucking apeshit. Yeah. I lost the plot. So, these people, like, they're able to keep their calm and do that. I, I tip my hat to them. Fair play. Yeah. Um, I still haven't beaten Mike to this day's free fire in any iteration. Did you have um? Uh, I think like um, I see I see why someone would watch a Twitch stream of someone just being incredible at Fortnite or being incredible at or playing Minecraft in a way that would be absolutely no fun to do yourself. Yeah. Like um, the the Breath of the Wild randomizer that um that some of them have been doing <coughs> is. It, it would just be horrendous. It would be horrible to do yourself, but it's really fun to watch somebody else Ra do Randomizers it. have become really big. Randomizers in a game, Elden Ring, have yeah. become huge. And randomizing the villains. Yeah. Changing all the atmosphere yeah. and, and having baddies spawn in places where they, they shouldn't. They definitely but shouldn't I be. would rather, I would, I would rather disembowel myself than to be running around on a quarter heart where egg, uh, guardians will appear in your jocks yeah so it was like like you but you know go off sis um uh nintendo have been acting the maggot again there's been a few big companies acting the maggot but just before we jump off onto that one which we yeah. will uh if I, there's also a big call for people playing video games badly or playing video games that never played before in a relatable way in a relatable reactionary way uh, right. i have a friend of mine um pagan and I'll put a link to Pagan's channel. Yep. Here. Um, Pagan plays. You can find her on Twitch. And she's been playing through the Dead Space games. And she's never played them before. And the Dead Space games are horror. Really They're high. horror. Yeah. Like they'll scare the bejesus out of you. Like it's body horror. So, you know, it's in my wheelhouse. But um, they're fun. They're great games. And the first one recently got a remake. And Pagan has been playing through the Dead Space games. And it's her first time 
playing through them and it's her reactions to them are just like eh, like more animated than that, yeah. obviously, but like screams and shouts so yeah no go check I'd that out i'd love to see that go check I, it out like, yeah it's really good fun like you know lisa marie farrell posts about her frightening the shite out of herself playing resident evil i'm like post it but bob video it yeah Turn up. my yeah. god and that's i think that's it, it as well because like, we like like people are for whatever reason people are hungry to see content like that because when we did the karaoke night in yours and we played SingStar, we went down to Kim's uh, the night before we recorded the last, second to last D&D session we did for Game, Sorcerer's yeah. Shenanigans. So it was episode eight. Um, we did that in Kim's house. The night before that, we all went down, we had dinner and then we got drunk and we were up till five in the morning doing SingStar, screaming our heads off in the middle of the country and nobody around. So it was great. And, um, but we posted about something. We posted about Star Trek, the video game, Experience Beige, on on uh, on Facebook, Kim did. And people were like, yeah. where's the stream? Where's the video? Yeah, we want to see it. Like, you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people are just, they want to see those things. And I guess yeah. it's, that's, that's what entertainment has become. So much so that you now have well-known people. Like, for example... I went to see the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. Yes, please talk about that. Last because Monday. who doesn't love that yeah. show in so, this like, the show is fantastic and has been going for forever. But now they've started to do a podcast of them re-watching the show from the beginning. and they're up Yeah, to, so where are they now? They're up what, to what the start e- of season five. Okay, okay. I think it's season, yeah, season five is where they're currently at. Now, my point being is, is that that podcast has garnered a massive massive following so much so that they they've started to take it on the road and there's thousands like the point there or the tree the tree arena whatever the fuck people call it yeah it was full like packed in the guilds two nights of just them coming out on stage talking about the show not doing they couldn't get over that was that genuine they were really shocked they were i think it was so they'd done they'd done two nights in london beforehand and the, the crowd in london was big but i think the crowd in dublin was bigger they did, I, I, I could be wrong where they did it in London. Let me look it up, actually, because I don't want to be wrong mm. on this. I nearly swear look they did it. Up, I, think, I, think they, look it up. I think they actually did the Royal Albert Hall. If I'm, um, Oh, Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, Royal Albert Hall. So they did the Royal Albert Hall. I don't know what the capacity is of the Royal Albert Hall. It's not as big as some of them, but yeah, it's decent. Capacity of the Royal Albert Hall is... Actually, not that many at all. It's less than nope. 6,000. Yeah. Um, and the Tree Arena is 13,000. So double the size. For so two nights. For two nights. And it was, it wasn't, I don't think it was fully, fully sold out, but it was damn close to sold out. Well, so, the only reason it wasn't fully sold out was because the price of the tickets. Price of the tickets Christ. were insane. I will say that. Ticket prices were mental. We were, the ticket seats we, the ticket seats we were in were like up on the gods. On off to the side, right. but it was fine. It was grand, um, and I did say to the lads when we were leaving, says if we ever do something like this again, 
we'll shout for the more expensive tickets because it would have made a hell of a lot of difference to our enjoyment yeah. if we were all the way down where they were right at the front of them because they get they engaged with everyone but they specifically engaged very much so with the crowd in with the, the box yeah okay. um it was a, it was a fun show um they went through a few things about ireland and stuff like that and because they did an irish two two irish episodes last yeah. season and uh, that everyone thought they filmed here they didn't they filmed oh, i thought they filmed here no so there was a call for extras and for stunt doubles for ireland for the secondary oh. unit but they filmed it because of covid restrictions they couldn't come oh, here okay so they filmed so it the in b-roll a, was irish the b-roll was irish but they filmed it in a small island in the pacific ocean that looks like ireland it's and, called new zealand <laughs> well that's what they claimed anyway now i don't know where how much of that was true but they they zoomed out and they said this is where we filmed we didn't actually we couldn't actually come to ireland um and so take it with a grain of salt i guess whether it was true or not i don't know but that's what they wow. said um but yeah no it was a fun show had a good night and uh like uh, uh, yeah the price for the tickets right down right in front of them were like 300 euros 200 yeah. 300 euros a pop um, and then, for 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 a podcast, like it's a podcast. podcast. It's not like they're gonna do a, a sketch show for you. No, like they so, did. They they went through some clips of the show. They talked about some of the back behind the scenes stories. Um, they had talked about Charlie learning Irish, and he said he talked a bit of Irish on stage, and the crowd went crazy because we're marks. Irish people are marks. Like you know, you yeah. like. But we, they they seem to be coming from the right place. You oh know yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're so talented. Every one of them. Yeah, so they, like, I mean, they were getting hammered on stage as well. Like, Glenn Harrington was wasted by the end of it. But <laughs> I felt terrible for them because the Tree Arena is sponsored by Heineken. So the booze there is Heineken. They couldn't yeah. get Guinness. No Guinness there, right? Yeah, it's probably just as well or he'd be asleep. So here's the thing. They did have stout. They had Ireland's Edge, which is the new stout made from tea. Now, I have not drank it. I have no intention of drinking it because fuck that noise. Um, but they, they didn't know themselves what it was. They didn't, they, 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 they couldn't say Guinness on stage because of the sponsorship in the arena. But Charlie uh, slipped, it slipped once and he said Guinness. Right. But then there's a video of him playing the piano and it's Glenn Howard and filming and it goes out onto the crowd and you can see that the point that's sitting on top of his piano it's an Ireland's Edge glass, so I'm guessing that's what they were drinking. But they—that's what it was. They yeah. couldn't tell the difference. They were like, "Oh, this stout is lovely," yeah, well, you know, so on and so forth. But no, it was yeah. a fun show, and they did two nights in Dublin. And uh, but the the podcast itself, my point being, long story, long story, long story to a long story. My point being is that talking about like people being interactive and wanting to see behind the curtain and wanting to see yeah. that kind of weird voyeurism reality tv element to it where they get to see the actors be themselves rather than be the characters and talk about the show that's become yeah. such a huge thing even compared to what the show is like it's more accessible i suppose because you can listen to it on your phone and whatever um, yeah 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 but that's you can listen to it while your children are telling you about minecraft for 25 minutes exactly um but like it's well like with us like we we, we never we only recently in the last year and a half because of everything maybe two years have done the video podcast as well as the audio podcast. Yeah. But they've become a massive thing because you see people talking, you see their faces, and it seems like you're definitely fully interacting with them. We've never done the likes of Twitch because, well, two things. Um, some logistics behind it, which is fine. With OBS, you can work that out. Can you imagine? Look at my camera. 
But that's my camera. Here's the thing, though. I only found this out recently. I did not know this until recently with DA Dungeon. You cannot drink on Twitch. Yes, yes. I did not know they're, that. They're, yes, there are a bunch of narcs. Yeah. 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 Now, myself and Jill can be fully in a hot tub. Well, you know, so. No, not ruling you two out. Not no, 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 100%. But I mean, look. I love workarounds. Workarounds are my favorite. I love seeing people work around terms of service on different platforms. Yeah. I, yeah, I you know, work, work in the system is perfectly fine. Uh, I'm totally okay with that. Um, but yeah, so it's, I, the, the, the show was fun. But let's go back to what you had mentioned earlier on with Nintendo yeah. being dicks. Because a few of the, again, the big, yeah. the big uh, corporation situations. Um, there is, there is, um, there is a game as played by a member of the public privately in their house that they paid for and are not licensed to distribute. But there's a user contract for content creators where you go, hi, I'm going to be playing this game. Not privately, I am going to be making money off it, but I promise to honor whatever this contract says. And there's a, a, a YouTuber I really like called Point Crow. He plays a lot of Nintendo stuff. He plays a lot of Pokemon stuff. Uh, and he made his own mod. And Nintendo didn't just give him a strike. They gave him two strikes on two separate videos on the same vibe. Like they could have just given him one. Yeah. But if you get three strikes, your video, your account is deleted. Mm. And they yeah. gave him two on two different ones. Like, like, I'm as a as a hang on. Just if if Darren's gonna be on if Darren's gonna be uh, at Aliens, I may as well be an absolute fucking uh, caricature as well. well. Look, you know, we we represented, brother, you know? yeah. <laughs> Gandalf, Gandalf throwing the hands, at, at, throwing the hands like Ozzy, like Ozzy. <laughs> All that. That's so good. I was wondering, I could see Tirith up there. I'm like, yeah. I wonder what the rest of that says. Rogue, rogue print but, t-shirts, folks. Check them out. They're awesome. Oh, very good. Very good. I will look at that. But um, yeah, they, they really they really fucked them up on that. I have to look up what happened. But Nintendo are particularly precious. And it's a shame because they're so, they're like 20 years behind everyone else when it comes to the tech of how games are played these yeah, days they do they do their thing and it kind of has worked for them forever so yeah and i'm gonna pay fucking 70 euro for the next one so like what yeah <laughs> you know, you know? hey look i dropped 80 quid today on a game that i'm half asked about so i mean like the lads want to play diablo 4 and right. uh, and i'm like okay i didn't like diablo 3 because it was boring uh, right. and i'm probably going to get a lot of stick for that but i don't care it was boring yeah yeah uh, and but Mooney made a stipulation that if we're going to play this, you have to let Wayne and myself listen to the fucking story and the cutscenes because Jamie and Adam just talk over them. No, but, um, oh, no, um, oh, hey, oh, I would hate that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we give they they, they love it. They do it because they, it pisses us off. That's why. But I couldn't enjoy. I couldn't. I didn't enjoy a Diablo three because it was literally we did a speed run of that game because the other three had played it before. I hadn't, um, oh, and it was just like the cutscenes. I need them for story. And the art direction in Diablo, it's a Blizzard game, so it's going to be nice. And, and also, yeah. part of me is like, you know what, fuck Blizzard, but... Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, look, we've all been caught. People who want to be conscientious and are trying to 
um uh purchase ethically it's a fucking hard world out there yeah. isn't it was was it no no ethical purchases under capitalism that's true that's true yeah um Poor Doug Forsett from the good place. He tried his best. Yeah. So look, Bernie Sanders has never played a Blizzard game in his life. Um, no. You know. All I'm saying is if I had hearing aids, I could understand what was going on in this scene. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I would play it if they paid the workers right about. Yeah. That's a bit Richard Nixon more than. Yeah. 1% of people who work in Blizzard are good. And it's not enough. Anyway, so yes, so yeah, Nintendo acting the maggot, and uh, well, and <laughs> now here's the thing, right? Here's yeah. the thing that is terrible, right? But I can, I can get, I, I can show you an evil corporation that beats that, that happened, that the news dropped I think, in the last twenty four hours, right? It's and it's, it sounds like something from a fucking, it sounds like something that should have happened in the forties if we had the level of game. Oh, go for it, now, right? Well, so, now Wayne, tell me what you're talking about. Let me tell you, darling. Right. Well, um, Wizards of the Coast. Oh! Wizards of the Coast, the owners of Magic the Gathering, okay? There was a guy who ordered a set of, pre-ordered a, a new pack, a new, like a, 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 Magic the Gathering was constantly bringing out new kind of yes, upgrades, yes. right? So there's a new one coming out. There's Can't always remember, money in the banana stand. always, right? I, like... I, I, I've, I've dipped my toe in the Magic the Gathering pool and it, like, you know, it didn't suck me under all the way. Uh, I only got up to my knee and then I pulled it back out again. But a new pack was coming out or a new themed kind of boost was coming out or whatever the fuck they call these things. Decks. Yeah. And yeah. this guy pre-ordered it apparently with his supplier. And uh, it arrived early. So his supplier broke the street date. Oh, right. And he took a picture of it and put it on the internet. And Wizards of the Coast, wait for this, sent Pinkertons to his house to retrieve the cards and threatened him with thousands of dollars worth of fines. For receiving- oh, yeah, they flat out sent... <laughs> they sent Pinkertons. Pinkertons. Like Pinkertons, anyone who doesn't know what a Pinkerton is, Google that shit. Pinkertons are basically like they're they're when there's no cops around. These are like hired thugs with badges. That's what they are. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're from like they started thinking in the seventeen hundreds, like early eighteen hundreds in the states. But these yeah. they're, they're still going. Like they're just basically thugs with badges. But they sent wizards of the coast rather than putting an injunction on the guy or getting a lawyer involved. Sent Pinkertons to his house to retrieve the cards and charge him and say we're gonna fine you because he's like i didn't do like my supplier presumably yeah presumably because he's just a man who is excited about uh, magic which you know look he's just an ordinary man just (laughs) an ordinary man just an innocent man just an innocent man yeah (sighs) (laughs) presumably they oh my god it's baffling that like that is happening that happens like the evil corporations like it's literally they're in their boardrooms twirling their mustaches we must send the pinkertons yes yes nah oh my god it's had to hit the button on the desk that said pinkertons they had to skip over about five buttons to get to that one yeah like it's like they got past the sharks with lasers on their heads to get to the pinkertons Mm. you know what Mm. i mean 
it's like oh jesus christ so going I mean, nuclear but that's it's an old school problem for a new age issue you know what i mean yeah like sending yeah. the pinkertons like that's not like like they didn't get a social media account suspended they didn't get a stream suspended they didn't do anything like that they were like send in the pinkertons a bobby with a with a truncheon and yeah. a whistle keystone cops turned up to his house jesus heads. christ the poor fella must have shot himself oh uh, yeah I, like I, I just saw it on twitter earlier on and i was just like am i reading this right it's like yeah i think it does a, an article on io9 or gizmodo or one of them i mean uh, i mean it's quite the message <laughs> i mean if you're gonna say you're gonna send a message it's quite a message it's it definitely it definitely paints like they thought wizards had just gotten over the whole open gaming license problem they have yeah with and dragons yeah they'd they only were, they just... were starting to curry favor again because the movie was really good and they'd made yeah. all the right decisions about you know redacting yeah. all not redacting but pulling back on the, the the ogl stuff but it's like oh but they lost i mean like it's even still, they're still feeling the repercussions from this because during the week, Critical Role announced that they're bringing out the two of their own gaming systems that are going to circumvent D and D, and there that's going to take a large chunk of people that are like found D and D because of Critical Role, and they're just going to follow because that. of Critical Role, yeah, yeah, and they're going to follow that. Like, I mean, there's 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 a multitude of different they, gaming yeah, types they, out there. They frightened yeah. everybody with that with mm. that nonsense with that finger wagging. Yeah, um, I. Just as you were saying, the movie was really good. The movie was excellent, but I I heard that it is. Oh, once once the podcast becomes, I heard, I read. Um, uh, I heard that it's uh down a hundred million. No, even I think, though I think it was a box office smash. I think it's no. I don't think it's down a hundred million. I think it's it's just it's doing well, but it's not doing as well as they. But would it did want. spend a lot. It spent a lot on merchandising. So hope or or yeah on uh, advertisement. So, uh, oh my god! How can she not spell dungeons, lads? It's rough. <laughs> um, it's because we're always writing D and D. That's true. Actually, that's very very true. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I, it's kind of weird. It made like, ninety five mi- worldwide. It made one hundred and seventy eight million. How was that not breaking? I don't know. See that I was looking. I was really weird. I always look up numbers of old movies. So, and this will lead into a topic I want to cover actually. But I always look up box office, box office of older films, like how much older films cost and how much they make, and right. yet they are considered to be hugely successful. So good, like. But like nowadays, if those movies had made that much money, they would be considered a flop. But here's the yeah. thing: you have to remember as well in Hollywood, and I could be completely off base on this, but I think I listen. I think I heard this on uh, one of Kevin Smith's multitude of podcasts at the time back yeah. in the day. Even when a film doesn't make a ridiculous amount of money, everyone involved makes money because there is a level of insurance that the the studios always have. Oh, that's good in films. Okay. But the studio makes still makes their money back. The studio don't lose anything. All this talk of like. Like, like it's marketing is what kills a film because either it's over marketed and it doesn't do any it doesn't go anywhere yeah and they've spent all their budget on marketing or spent all the budgeting mark uh, all the market budgeting and it's cost millions and millions to market a film and it doesn't go anywhere and it dies right. in tars that's a huge deficit but if a film is like the D and D film people knew about it for the longest time yeah. Yeah, and like the the D and D is such a big thing that I think a lot of the fan base were like, ah, it couldn't be arsed. Or the other half of the fan base, like, I really want to see this. And yeah, we were there opening weekend, but I've spoken to people that don't even play D and D, and they want yeah. to see this movie. 
Yeah. Um, and it's just a matter of them. I'll, I'll eventually get to it. Like, Irene really wants to see it, but we haven't gone to see it yet. But we will. We'll go see it in the next week or so. Yeah, Patrick wants Andrew to see it. So I think he's going to try and get us to go yeah. again, which would be three times for me. Ooh. But um, but then you'll you'll see it like yeah. you now in the next two months you'll see it'll be on streaming services or it'll be available to buy yeah. uh, in the states at least on streaming services and then it'll hit our shores on the streams. Um, I it, want a Jonathan spinoff. Yeah, big time. Um, but like that, like that was a joke, but it wasn't enough of a joke. Like, I mean? compared to previous D and D films, this film was a success, and I think a, a sequel, <laughs> a sure. sequel definitely will come down the pipeline at some stage. There's a multitude of um, actually, speaking of it, there's a multitude of offshoot merchandise, um, like like stuff that was an offshoot from that type of stuff was huge. Like in America alone, you had the um, the, the, the 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 popcorn. The yeah, 20s, book it. Which yeah. There was also the uh, prequel comic. Ooh. Um, Honor Amongst Thieves, The Feast of that the That looks Moon. beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, the uh, uh, let me see now. This it, I I only picked this up today. Written by Jeremy Lambert, pencils by Eduardo uh, Ferrigato, inks by Paul Santos, colors by Patricio de, del Pesce, and it, like it's yeah, it's like there's two two stories in here. So the first one is The Feast of the Moon. The second one is Zenk and the Helmet of Disjunction, written by Ellen Bonner, B-O-E-N-E-R, art by mm-hmm. Guillermo Sana and colors by Mattia Icano. But like these are really nice looking books. And it's the, oh, you'll want this. Um, so the second story in this. The it's Paladin. A, it's about the Paladin. It's about the paladin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you took, um, if I was any good at video editing, I'd get um, uh, uh, oh my god, Kim uh, Jean Rene Page uh, in Bridgerton saying, "I burn for you," and I just like, you know, edit it so four is gone, and I just like Lil Kriya in Sorcery and Shenanigans. I burn you. Well, Lil Kriya is not in Sorcery and Shenanigans. Oh yeah, fuck's sake. That's a different game. Yeah. So this is like. How often Jill tends to uh, drench everyone in Hellfire, her characters. Well, I think that's she. She knows her. She she has a wheelhouse just like I do. Yeah, she started out her first her first campaign, no magic, and ever since she's just been torching people left and right. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, once you get yeah. a taste of that magic, you know. Um, so talking of like looking at older films and looking at their box office and looking at what's a success yeah. and what's considered a success, like. Um, Irene turned to me the other night. We were sitting there watching. Um, fuck, I don't know what we were watching, but she says uh, she was looking at this list that somebody sent to her of, of all of the films of the eighties that you have to have seen. And I had seen oh, uh, like a must see list, must see list from, from the eighties. And I'd seen all of them, obviously. So yeah, I had seen probably. every single one of them. But Irene hadn't seen about four of them, right? Right. Two of the ones that she hadn't seen was Pretty in Pink, and mm-hmm. Sixteen Candles. Right? Yeah. So we were like, let's do it. Let's get a bottle of wine or two bottles of wine and I'll get them. I have, I think I have Pretty in Pink on DVD. And so 16 Candles, I think, is on streaming service. So we go find that. So we watched Pretty in Pink and she was like, yeah, that wasn't bad. It was a good film. And it was like, and then you have to remember, this is the precursor for every teen angst young girl. Sorry, sorry. Dress. Yeah. Sorry. Irene thought it was Ooh, I would have thought Irene would have had strong feelings about about um 
about Blaine and um and oh god damn it what's fucking spader just mops that film up what's his character called he's some douche canoe he's blaine no mccarthy is blaine yeah you're talking you're talking about um um spader's character not spader it's not spader it's uh i knew his name the other night no, right. James Bader. James no, Bader is the James. Blonde... Oh, yes, yes. No, you're yes, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Pretty in Pink. Sorry, yes, Pretty in Pretty in Pink. Pink yeah. James Bader plays the douche. Um, he does. He and holy shit, Wayne. He does. He's so good in that. He is. He's, He's very so good. good He's very good. And um, the idea, like, so you obviously know this, but originally Ducky got the girl. Yeah. After hanging well, around I, her fairness, house. But hang like a second. Fucking weirdo. And then. Test audiences fucking hated that and they yeah. changed it. And if honestly, if she'd ended up with Ducky when he behaved like such a psychopath, uh, I, I wouldn't have the fondness for that movie that I do. But, but du- like, Ducky does all right in the end. He gets Kristen Stewart. He does. Course. They really threw a woman at him in sympathy. But yeah. like, um, I quite like he could have learned a lot from Janine from Ghostbusters. I feel like, oh, oh my honey, God, pots. She's so I, I was sitting there going, um. <laughs> When she's um, in all her gear and her hair spiked, I'd say you had what, what no What is it? Here's the thing, right? I said this when we were watching the film. It says John Hughes has a problem. John Hughes has a major problem with taking really attractive, alternative-looking women and, and washing their um, face, completely making them look like moms by the yeah, end of it. It's and terrible. It's like, what it's are you bad. doing? Mm. Like he did it with Ali Sheedy, and then he did it with Ali yeah. Potts. The khakiification of everybody. It's just but unreal. look, but look, but look, but look. If you. I mean, you've obviously seen Paris is Burning as well. Yeah. All everybody wants to do in the 80s is is look rich. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. my heart for for Andy, my heart when she's like, don't pick me up at my house, don't drop me off at yes, my house. Yes. I, I've been there. I've been, I've been in situations where I've been disguising elements of my existence and it's not nice and it's not necessary. Be a brokey. <laughs> don't listen to the top G's. Be a brokey. Brokies are sexy. Brokies have that energy that you just can't get from. Anyway, but yeah, Andy's going to change Andrew McCarthy's life in that film. But yes, there's uh, 16. So 16 candles then, Wayne. So How did that hold up? Well, here's the thing. So I remember parts of 16 candles. Pretty in Pink was fine. But I had to say to Irene, look, this is the template that every, you know, she's all that and... 10 things I hate about you. It literally, the taming yeah, of the well, shrew template that came after the fact. Pretty in Pink was kind of like the, the first one that did that. Probably the taming of the shrew was the first one. <laughs> I, but I mean from it, from the yeah, standpoint yeah, yeah, of yeah. movies, yeah. not Shakespearean yeah, yeah. plays. One's like tucked for taming of the shrew. was like, let's make a teen film out of this. But yeah. Um, yeah, like, look, Shakespeare was the John Hughes of his time. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, like Merchant of Venice was literally just Breakfast Club. That was all it was. Yeah. yeah. Clearly. Um, but 16 Candles. Home Alone is Midsummer's Night's Dream. <coughs> yeah. Twelfth yeah. um, Night is Baby's Day Out. Okay, I've stopped. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Oh, I ha- Joey Pants could get it in that movie, by the way. Oh, Jesus. Um, Baby's Day Out. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. So, yes, 16 Candles. 16 Candles. I hadn't seen 16 Candles in a very, very long time. Like, I mean, you're talking maybe not early, maybe late 90s. The 90s. The 90s was the yeah, last the time 90s I, I sat down and was like, you know what? I really want to watch 16 Candles. Um, 
and uh, I remembered parts of it, and then and you've I, blocked out parts I of it. Full you? on blocked out parts of it, and I think so was Molly Ringwald. Um, but we threw it on, and it starts off innocently enough, very home alone at the start of it. Got a home alone vibe to it with this, you know, middle class family of white people, and there's like the middle child who gets forgotten about while there's more important shit with the rest of the family going on. And then there's that one douchey little brother. Very similar vibes to Home Alone. And Very. Parents that are like, oh, we love you, but we forget about you all the time. Um, <clears throat> then then the, the Chinese exchange student turns up. Long Duck Dong. And every time somebody says his name, a symbol crashes in the distance. Yeah. A gong goes off. Yeah. And Irene was sitting there and she's just like, what the fuck? It was a bit jarring, was it? It was jarring. Jesus Christ. Um, and it was like, no, this, this is a bit out of left field. What's going on here? And I was sitting there going, oh, oh, oh. That's the same level of atrocious stereotyping that they were doing in MASH the film. And what year was that? Like 1976? Yeah. yeah. Like, like that, like the terror, like the, the unlikely, mind you, Cho Chang exists. So let's just not congratulate ourselves on fixing that problem. But um, the name is wrong and the treatment is, it's, who, was no one at any of those meetings? See, that's the thing. And it's kind of, I, 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 you know what I call it? I call it breakfast at Tiffany syndrome. Yeah. Because that film had it in spades. Um, yeah. Like with Mickey Rourke as a Chinaman. But, Mickey Jack, Rooney. Mi- Mickey I'd Rooney. love to see Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Oh, Mickey Rooney. Oh, my God. Mickey <laughs> Rourke. Oh, my God. Give me Mickey Rourke as as a, a, a Chinese man. Oh, wait. No, please don't. But I mean, I can't. I mean, here's the thing. As a Hammer horror movie fan, I can't even. They even did it with those films. Fu Manchu was played by Christopher Lee with, like, eyelid sh- shades oh, on. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. You know? Like, there was I all mean, this craziness like john wayne played played fucking oh yeah you know i mean hollywood is riddled with this weirdness but this was in the 80s and i you know there was nobody there was nobody in the room yeah maybe i knew better see here's the thing right i looked up some history of pretty in pink or not pretty pink 16 candles so john hughes went from making he was making uh another movie and that movie he got kicked off that film and he was making 16 Candles before that. Then he got offered another film. He got kicked off that film. He says, you know, I'm going to go back to 16 Candles and do that. And right. this is one of the films that put him on the map as a filmmaker. You know, this was Michael C. Hall's John yeah. Cusack's, Joan Cusack's, um, I think it was their debut as, as young actors. Yeah. And it was like, there's a scene in this film, right? The racism is terrible throughout due to the Asian stereotypes. Because this dude goes from being a Chinese adopted student, something or other, to Japanese at one point because he's wearing Lovely. a kimono and, and, a, and, and a sash. And like, like he becomes like this sex fiend that finds this very large young girl at the school dance and the two of them fall in love. And then she just disappears. And he's jumping out of trees on top of people. It's weird. Um, the humor is just so out of off like yeah. off kilter it's weird but there's a moment in the film where so the, for anyone that hasn't seen 16 candles 
I'm not suggesting you go watch it because it's utter garbage. But there's the whole premise behind it is Molly Ringwell plays this girl. Her parents forget her about her birthday, her 16th birthday. She's she goes to school and it's the it's like a day before or the day of the big school dance. There's a young kid who's called the Geek. We find out his name. I think his name is Andy, but everyone just calls him the Geek, and he's played by Michael C. Hall. Right and. Like young Michael C. Hall, who's meant to be, he's the most charismatic geek. Like 15, ever, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. the most charismatic geek in the universe. Like he's the, he's the head of this army of geeks, one of which he's is too, John like, He's slight of frame, but I'm sorry, he's so charismatic. You're right. Yeah. So, and it doesn't, it doesn't work. And um, he is, he convinces Molly Ringwald's character to give him her panties. Right? And then yeah. there's a scene where he is in the boys' toilets and all the nerds are all lined up and they all pay a dollar and he stands, it comes out of the cubicle with the panties and hoists them in the air like fucking Simba from The Lion King Yeah. while the kids are all paid a dollar just to see these girls' panties. That's $70 for it, so 70 kids. Irene is just rock, rocked pants. into the room. But, uh, so that's one of the scenes. It then transpires that he obviously wants to try and sleep with her but, you know, she's older than him and she's like, get the fuck off me. He just tries also, to... in real life, weren't they like 15 and 16? Something like that, yeah. Like, she was legitimately very young. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think those two are the reason now that, you know, the Riverdale cast are 42. Do you know what I mean? More than likely, yeah. And yeah. which Molly Ringwall actually stars in as well, by the way. She's in Riverdale. In Riverdale? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> So they have a, a fuck ton of throwbacks. That show, like, for all the shitty writing in that show, it does know what it's doing to a degree. Right, but, yeah. Um, there is a scene then later on in the film where there's a big party after the dance and all the kids end up going back to it. And it's got the titular hero or stud of the film who's this monosyllabic... Like, the dude doesn't have a line until, like, an hour into the movie or something. This dude who right. is the, just the, the object of Molly Ringwald's affections right um, and he's this like beefcake looking dude he, he looks like he looks like a young matt dylan afterbirt that's what he looks like right <laughs> and he he is having a party at his house and everyone goes there and his girlfriend is there this guy's girlfriend is there she's hammered off her tits she ends up sleeping it off in his bedroom yeah and there was a moment where he's talking to and he but he fancies molly ringwald for some reason and he's yeah. talking to michael c hall's character the geek saying look my girl is in my bedroom, passed out. I could go violate her, violate her 10 different ways if I wanted to. Yeah. That's an actual line in the film. Yeah. And me and Ari just stopped when he said this and we're like, what the fuck? I mean, like, this... 80s movies are so rapey, I swear to God. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievably rapey. I couldn't, I couldn't get over Like I was like, I've loved John Hughes movies for forever. Yeah. No, they don't. As a as a as a woman, they don't hold up at no, all. No. And we we have um, we like and I'm I have a real graph for Pretty in Pink, like real and the Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Um, but he upskirts Molly Ringwald in that movie too, and she was like sixteen years of age in Breakfast Club. And yeah. Molly Ringwald wrote an article for the New York Times about five years ago, saying my daughter wanted to see my movies. And so we sat down and watched some of them and I was like, she had also forgotten. Yeah. And she was, 
explaining to her daughter why what they were doing wasn't right while she was on the screen. Like it's insane. It's mm. absolutely mental. Like I mean, yeah. I'm I'm like you'd like to think that the world has moved on from that shit, but I, I well, actually, yeah, because we're horrified and yeah. we watched them and we weren't. We, well, that's true. Like I remember, like I said, it's if been a while since I've definitely seen Sixteen yeah. Candles, but I've watched weird science since you know since a long time ago, and I've watched it recently. Yeah. And like Michael, Michael, see. I keep calling him Michael C. Hall. It's Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony, no, Michael C. Hall. Am I doing it Dexter? the other way around? No, you're is Dexter. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael C. Hall is so, Dexter. Anthony Michael Hall is who you're talking. Hey, you're correct. I've got you beat. Ducky's character is an actor with three names, John. and Andy's dad in Pretty in Pink is an actor with three names. Two very different ages of men, and I managed to refer to them the other way around in company when I was trying to impress Andrew's friends early in our relationship <laughs> how could you mix those people up and actually i'm going to do it again so i'm not going to name either of the actors well but... I, I know one i know i know who do, do, plays ducky the one from yes and then uh who was in all those jim jarmusch movies Iggy pop i don't know no no <laughs> um the amazing the amazing actor that's andy's dad who won't go and get a fucking oh job. harry dean stanton Harry Dean Stanton. So Harry Dean Stanton and John Cryer. Cryer. No, he doesn't even have three names. No, that's, I was wondering where you were going with that because he only has two names. I'm such a lunatic. Yeah, I was, I was referring to John Cryer as Harry Dean Stanton to somebody because I was having some sort of episode, obviously. And um, right, I'm just picturing yeah, an too... alien with uh, John Cryer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. He was too nice to correct me. Yeah. But... Um, I've been yeah, in those even, situations. Even Ducky's fucking behavior of just following oh, her around. Ducky's like a, a psychopath. Sex pest. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, and he's the hero. He Is was he? the hero. He got the girl in the end. Um, but it's just, but it's like anything else, Wayne. It's like we were talking about whenever um kind of you, you get a you get a mm, you can see where the director's heart is in the way these things are treated and you can see which characters he's relating to sure. and obviously he's going to want them to prevail <laughs> but yeah john john hughes was an author for sure but there's plenty that well i mean it gets worse than 16 candles because there's a like like your man says what he does is he look look says to the geek you take my girlfriend in my yeah. fancy rolls royce and drive off with her and i'm going to convince her that you're me because she's off her face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to take her and do what you want with her. And I'm going to go get Ronnie, Wally Ringwald because she's going to be at her sister's wedding tomorrow. And that's meant to be the hero of the fucking yeah. film. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, what the fuck? And I was like, how did I not twig this at an earlier age? Um, but it's... But Wayne, you couldn't because it was the norm. It's just crazy. It was like, yeah, there's so many... Um, uh, there's so many things that as a woman you watch with a and and good on society for it being so shitty now well, I mean, so yeah having having actual asian people playing actual asian people uh with actual the yeah. right nationality of yeah. name is a step up so that was good and um, people complain about um, kind of forced diversity and stuff like that but having people play their, their you know their, you know not having Mickey Rooney playing yeah, yeah. or Mickey Rourke or Mickey Rourke no Mickey's playing any Asian uh, Mickey Rourke's filler is such that he does look like he has epicanthal folds yeah so maybe he's doing the 
uh, Ollie London Korean look himself, maybe. Maybe this would go for. Maybe he's pissed off he didn't get that role. Um, yeah. But like, there's a bit at the end of that film after the girlfriend, the girlfriend that is sent off with the geek wakes up and tells the geek, "Actually, no, I'm into this. It's all good. I really thought it was great." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And it's like, yeah, Wayne. People were doing that on Big Bang Theory. Well, fuck the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, fuck the Big yeah. Bang Theory. But there's still there's still terrible um, media. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's it, there. It, mm. It's it's and like I read, I I kind of was like, this has to have been commented on at some point. And I was like, I was I was baffled by, like, Wayne, there'd be there'd be moments in Rick and Morty where you're like, what are you guys trying to say? Yeah, no, that that's true. And I mean, like. Rick and Morty Why? Why definitely has a, a, a like I've watched Rick and Morty and I've enjoyed Rick and Morty and I, I do like I enjoy that show but there are moments you're kind of going who's that for hmm. um, I think it's like you know those videos where somebody's just cracking eggs directly onto their counter and spreading them out and then covering them with four tons of cheese just like pretending to make a cook cooking video but yeah. it's actually some sort of like kink material like a, a, a woman a woman touching eggs or someone rolling pizza with their arse or something and you know it's kink shit but it's just you'll probably get away with that on twitch you won't be able to drink while you do it but you could definitely no no that's it but yeah you're like there are these moments uh especially in rick and morning where like are you just are you just trying to you're just trying to like winter soldier your audience, just triggering these <laughs> these kind of uh, incest likers and things or like awakening parts. Of, thanks, Brody. Look, I'm not saying I've fallen from grace, but this this light Corona is the fucking business. Is there actually a thing called like Corona? Isn't Corona just it's a light? Corona anyway? Ligero and it's only 3.4 and it's tasty as fuck. And like, I only like two kinds of beer, really. Just dense IPA or this pretty little thing. And it it's just, you know, it's a Wednesday, you know? That's true, actually. Yeah. Taking Very it easy. True. We're kicking back. What are you going to do? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've, I've drank half a bottle of wine so far. I'll see how I get on. Um, uh, but yeah so it's like it's just it's i think the whole point of this conversation is me just shocked that one i didn't register that film at a much younger age as being problematic this is the problem wayne when we watch it young yeah it sets a precedent sure and And it's only when we learn real life lessons that we're like oh shit oh you know otherwise this is why media is amazing and also dangerous yeah it, it it sets these little norms for you in situations that you haven't been in yourself yeah and um and it's like like i fucking love the movie mash by brian de palma but jesus christ you would have to just sit there with a pair of scissors just cutting 10 minutes 15 minute chunks out of it it's like oh my god so much of it is absolutely hateful so here's the question then is it a case of is it a case of we just understand that it's from a a certain era of time where this no it's from a certain person yeah like like it's whoever was in in charge of the project and the problem is if you're sitting around in a room of 14 white harvard graduates 
fuck do they know about anything? So what's happening is other people now work in the industry and they're going, oh, 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 oh. Uh, can we, can we not? And that's, that's good. But I agree with, I would never, you'd never take a scissors to it. What you would do is what, what was it? Warner Brothers? Whenever Disney should do this, but I think it's Warner Disney, Brothers. No, Disney doing do it. it. You're talking about Disney do it. Yeah, they say the this thing. is of its time. Yeah, this like was okay if you go to watch Song of the South, they kind of go, hang on. Exactly. But there's people turning around and talking about like um, 2000s, early and 2010s YouTubers being psychopaths. And, you know, in the name of being edgy, and we all know I was, I was an edgy. Oh, was I edgy? Oh, Christ. Yeah. Oh, so you thought I was wearisome now. <laughs> oh, imagine me edgy. And we, I'm sorry, we all were. It was the style at the time. But there was still, there was uh, being edgy and calling everybody the R word. Uh, but then there was still people doing shit where even at the time you're like, well, that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> why are why are you in blackface? Do you have to be wearing uh, that have makeup? I, have I ever skin? told you the story of of when I saw blackface in on Halloween and it, it nearly led to somebody getting murdered? In where? In Dublin city centre at Halloween. Right. So myself and a good buddy now, of mine. Yeah. Can, before we start, yeah. for our international visitors, yeah. Ireland has no history with. Uh, racial slavery so we are sometimes um Stuart Lee described Ireland as a white supremacist theme park um we have now and we always have had black Irish people and they're just considered Irish everybody's who everyone who lives here is Irish but we can be a little bit oblivious to how this looks to people from places that did have hard racial discrimination for for a long time uh in in their country go on ahead but we had we had not to get the history nerd hat out and put it on because it's literally just resting right here beside me but right we we obviously as irish people have had ridiculous amount of discrimination against ourselves as a race oh yeah yeah throughout history but Um, we'd have to talk to trigger it People couldn't be biased against us from a distance. From a distance. They can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas, you know, that's yeah. one thing we'll never understand. Yeah, but, yeah. We, yeah. Can, we can blend in in the crowd, but as soon as mm. we open our mouths, we're fucked. But, yeah. so, good few years ago now, well over a decade, coming out of the IFI, which is the Irish Film Institute in Temple Bar, it's where a horathon was every Halloween. Myself, my good buddy Darren, and Darren's girlfriend at the time, now his wife, and uh, his sister were leaving the place after a, a late screening. And it was Halloween, as I've said. So it's literally, I think it was actually Halloween weekend leading into Halloween night. So there's plenty of costume parties going on around town. And right across from the IFI, I don't know if it's there now, but there was a club. And that club was having an R&B dance night Halloween themed party. And there was a large congregation of young black people at this shenanigans, at this, at this shindig, right? They're all in costume, all having a great time, all congregating, congregating outside. We walk about, we kind of, and that, that road in Temple Bar is on its side slope, so you walk down into Temple Bar, which is kind of down a bit. We were walking down the cobblestones, and we see coming out of the Temple Bar pub, this young lad, dressed up, full blackface, as Mr. T. Oblivious to his surroundings, 
walking straight for this large group of young black people who are having a great time. But as soon as he got closer to them, we knew something was going to happen. So me instinctively, I went, oh, I better stop this lad and tell him to fuck yeah, off. Yeah, stop turn around, this right? lad from But my buddy Darren puts his hands out and goes, oh, hang on, let's just see what happens. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And we stood back. We stood still and kind of leaned against the railings to see and watch the scene unfold. As this lad was like, just walking, half cut, walking up this hill towards this large group in full costume, the mohawk, the works, everything, dungarines, gold chains. Was it a, was it a bald cap with ball the cap with the wing? ball cap with that? And you could see like he'd only painted up. Yeah, just yeah. Up, so yeah, you could see excellent. that there was a white yeah. line just like oh, where yeah. the shoe polish or wherever the fuck he was using didn't yeah. meet. And then he had the ball cap on. And he was walking up. And I look and I just notice that just on the edge of the large group of young folk, they start to notice them coming in their general direction. And there's a couple of nudges and elbows. And this lad looks up and locks eyes with the outermost edge of the group. And this look of realisation comes across his face. And he just turns on his heel and just slowly but sh- slowly but surely at first and then just pegs it in the opposite direction yeah and me darren and everyone else are just in fucking tatters on the he ground he did not think he would meet yeah a black person we were night. laughing our holes off it was one of the funniest things we've ever seen and a couple of the folks on the edge that had seen him saw us and they just started chuckling as well they just thought this was hilarious but this poor bastard just turned on his heel and fucking it was probably i reckon Lesson his learned. fucking i reckon his trousers Lesson were brown after that because yeah. he just fucking ran it was hilarious wayne i hate to say but i've also got uh it, it, my story isn't funny but it's very irish okay so which might be funny in, in its own right i was in virginia county cabin and I was, Shinobi was with me. We were down at the pumpkin festival. As you do. Was the thing, as, as you do. And there was a big dish go and a giant, like in, in the farmer's hall, like it was huge. And uh, there was a prize of like a grand for the best costume. Um, I can't remember what Shinobi was dressed as, but I was dressed as fame era Lady Gaga. Okay. So I'm in, I'm in a leotard. I've got these like, like I made the shades. I hand tinted, dip dyed the shades to be just weird. Like folks, you have to understand when Kim goes all in on costume <laughs> construction, Kim goes all the fuck in. So I had the long blonde plant and the giant visor and a leotard and the boots. It's the easiest Gaga is fame era Gaga, like beginning <laughs> Gaga okay. begins, basically. <laughs> Gaga so, begins. Gaga begins. So I'm <laughs> I'm there having the time of my life. And then I see this guy in full blackface. And it was totally unnecessary. And he's wearing a suit. And I have no fucking idea. Wait, what was he like a blackface be... Chucky or something? Well, was here's it, how the thing. necessary was it? Like You knew who that person was supposed to be. And if he didn't dye his face black, he still could have been Mr. T. He just needed the jewelry, just need the shorts and everything, you know. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he does need booty shorts, though. I won't be having the, I won't be having the combat. You don't go for dungarines? No. You don't go for dungarees, Mr. T? he's got to have his booty shorts. Booty shorts. Booty shorts, Mr. T. So anyway. That's extreme. So, uh, yeah. So I see this lad (laughs) and he's in a suit, full black, full, like fucking... Like, mommy, like that oh, level. He went and out, he did Al Jolson. No. So 
he's walking past me and I went, excuse me, because you know what a fucking dose I, I am. I just have Lady Gaga doing this. So Right. It's Lady Gaga, right? Going, going, what is this? What is this? And he goes, I am a dapper guy. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? And then he walked back. He was like, Ugh. and then he went back to his mates. And I realized they were a group costume. Do you remember the Guinness ad filmed it with the in the dance clubs, the dance halls of the Congo, where there were just like really fucking well-dressed, actual African men dancing and being like really cool. Yes. Yes. So they were wearing like purple suits and ruffles and they were just done up to the nines. Him and his friends dressed as these guys. And the suits were amazing, but holy shit. That's, um, like, that's a weird choice for a bunch of white dudes in Virginia County Cavern. In Virginia County Cavern. So. Could they not have gone I with was, the samurai guys from the Murphy's adverts or something? Well, like? I, right. So I registered in my disgust when he was on his way down. And I looked down, and I'm like, Oh, I know what they're supposed to be, but for fuck's sake. So I was, I was not having it, but I left them alone then, right? I just needed to have it said is totally unnecessary because, you know, there's no white people to dress up as. There's just no white characters in anything yeah, I've terrible. noticed. Like anyway, anyway, so the next day, I'm doing a bit of visiting because I'm down, obviously, in 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 Cavan because I was living in Dublin at the time. The so I was down in Cavan. I was doing a bit of visiting, went to the cousin's house. And um, my second cousin, Mary, goes, oh, Liam saw you out last night. Yeah, it was my cousin, Wayne, that I was yelling at. Did he know it was you? Yes! So how come... How come I couldn't recognize him covered in boot polish, but he recognized me as Gaga? In fairness, Why? though, Kim, right? That's that could be you at any given weekend sometimes. So, but you not seeing your cousin in blackface, that kind of gives your like that's the last thing you expect. But really. how is that? Yeah, but how is that? Okay. It's not okay. okay. It's he not had okay. the element of surprise and I did not, is what you're saying. Right. I, I that's, yeah. there's definite surprise there. Okay. There's a definitely yeah. an element of something and then yeah. Partial surprise. Oh my Dear god. Lord. What I, how's that fair? He knew who I was, but why did he not go? Why didn't he not say, Kim, it's me? And then I could have given out to him a bit in a more tailored way. He probably could have pulled the race card and said, You probably just think we all look the same. <laughs> so But anyway, know. he's a very he's a very, very intelligent and enlightened human and i'm very i was very disappointed in him but he would have been like but he would have been 16 at the time yeah obviously because he's in a pub in virginia this this rolls back into our old thing of like of a certain age certain things but it's like you're looking at certain things a certain way through a certain set of lenses in your brain where you watch something and you think that must be the norm do you think culture as a whole and this as a dude who would be uh, I had my dudish moments growing up. I'm I'm less of that dudish person now because I think I've grown as an individual. But I think you're the absolute epitome of non-toxic masculinity. Your voice is deep, your muscles are big, you're hairy and you're sweet and thoughtful. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I like I think I I don't know who said this, but it's like everyone has done horrible shit and toxic stuff in their lifetime but the fact yeah. that you look back on it now and realize that it was toxic and was wrong i at the guarantee time, you i was worse than you 
absolute flat out guarantee I was worse than you yeah but you realise that those things were like wrong you did things in your past you go, you've grown as an individual because you realise that they are wrong things to have done so yeah the thing about it is is that and here's the thing remember I talked about me going looking for an article or somebody saying there has to be conversations about how bad this film is I found I found an article from Australia about the correlation between this is so wacky the correlation oh. between 16 Candles and the Brett Kavanaugh hearing in front of Congress. Yeah. It was a house party and he just decided that she was a bit drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a party, Wayne, where things went very south and uh, a person at the party said to me about the person that was hosting his party um oh my god he couldn't believe his luck that somebody so drunk had shown up and this this man at the time was like 19 and he was like we just need someone drunk enough wow and it's all this fucking all these like we have we didn't have that we don't have fraternities no that's yeah if anyone so all anyone that in the states or anything like that or anywhere comes that we from don't, yeah we don't have that all that comes from media the yeah. idea that you can have a giant party everyone gets wasted and you just write anyone you want is is imported here what's the what's the movie with james vanderbeek um he's pays Pat- blues no the one where he pays patrick bateman's younger brother Oh, oh, um, 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 uh, fucking, is it the other Brett Eston Ellis book? It could be, because, I mean, they're related. He rings him up. Less than zero, is it? Something like that, where you're one whose name is, oh, what's her name? She was in Knight's Tale and a few other bits and bobs. She she kind of, but she, there's a horrible scene in it where she is is raped by, uh, by frat guys. And it's like. It's that mentality. It shows that mentality and, and the, the kind of the breakdown of that mentality and the, the kind of how that's what American college tends to be. It's kind of like the darker ends of that scale. Um, yeah, I think they're too young. They don't drink before they go to college. And uh, if you go to college in the States, you're probably rich. And yeah, yeah. The, the other thing is, I think they have their own flavor of misogyny over there because when I'm, uh, most of the Americans I'm, talking to if it's not in movie groups it's parents it's it's moms yeah yeah and by all accounts the men do fuck all and you know you know an irish mammy loves to spoil her son oh, and, yeah. leave, him and leave him no good for yeah, life don't become irish mammies and her sons yeah but uh uh they want their free time they want they want to rest they want sex when they want sex but they don't want to pick up socks off the floor and i can't believe how many of them are like that in the groups and the women are just doing everything they fucking can they're like i can't look at this man i can't believe how useless he is in this house and um i i don't like i think ireland is one of the most patriarchal places um like in a lot of the houses here uh, men would get the dinner first. Do you know what I mean? Really? Like, oh, well, uh, maybe it's farming because they would be coming in from fucking fields sweating. 
Do you know what I mean? Okay. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, like in the countryside, like it's very, like the men get preference. They, they did. They did. Sure. But, you know, they were out breaking their backs, most of them. Well, actually, no. Houses I've seen where the father does nothing but sit in the pub all day, he'd still get his dinner first. So I would have thought we would be kind of worse. But I feel like the young fathers in this country have a better idea what's going on. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the ones I know. Yeah. But well, look, yeah, what happens, Wayne, in your life is you meet people. Yeah, that's you meet it. People. That's it. That's it. You meet people. And if everyone, like, you know, why do I understand MBs? Because I know a few. You know, there's no, there's nothing like actually meeting someone uh, to make you look at another portrayal of somebody like that and go, well, that's wrong. You know. Very true. Very true. But uh, I. We better get on to some dick and fart jokes first quickly because. Oh, we better. Yeah. God, that got really. It got real. It got real. Well, that was me in the, that was me in the 2000s. I was a dick and fart joke. Oh, Um. I, I don't know, like, I mean, uh, again, this seems to be about uh, everything that I've watched over the last while. And uh, I don't know if there's anything that you've gotten down with or done stuff over the last while that's extremely nerdy and you want to talk about. But there well, is a, a lot of stuff that I have watched recently that is kind of in the sphere of things. Like, I've, uh, Picard season three finished up. And it was the, re- the, the original cast of The Next Generation. People I, seemed really happy about that. Well... I was really happy for the most part. Right. For the most part. I do have problems with the season and how it ended overall and how it, the last two episodes were kind of just like, you know, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Um, but for anyone that doesn't watch Star Trek, sorry for you. I do. I love Star Trek. Always have. And, uh, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a case of, I think Star Trek of old has been missing like Star Trek as a as a as a format and as a story storytelling platform, I think it was off the screens far too long. I I in my brain I draw a correlation between Star Trek and the collapse of society for the last like twenty years. In my brain, since Star Trek went off the air in the late nineties into the right. early two thousands, and we were, we can't have nice things. We can't have nice things because I grew up in my household when I came home every day. I had my dinner and I watched Star Trek on Sky. Star Trek Next Generation was on. Then we got DS9. Then we got Voyager. Um, and we were spoiled for choice because we had a lot of Trek. And it became this thing. And it, it, it peaked and then it started to fade off and people got too, you know, it's like everything. It's like Marvel are going through yep. at the moment where people are just sick and tired of superhero films. Uh, and DC are still trying to claw their way in. Um, and with Trek for me, it, it, there's a level, with me as a growing up, I use that as a yardstick of morality for a lot of things because it taught me the rights and wrongs of a lot of stuff. It dealt with a yeah. lot of social issues. Like they were dealing with trans issues in Star Trek in the 90s. Yes. And uh, the characters were showing themselves, the characters were shown to be wrong. Our heroes yeah. were shown to be getting things wrong sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's that classic now infamously memed consistently not so much memed but that screen cap of Picard saying you can do everything right and still fail like that's that's used all the time for a lot of stuff on the internet on the internet you see that all the time on the internet and I think that's a major problem because a lot of the generation of of, of, of our generation growing up 
for anyone that was a Star Trek fan, you had that kind of constant input every single day of your of your life. If you lived in the UK, you lived in Ireland because it was syndicated and we saw it every single day of the week if you had Sky. It was on, on TV yeah. consistently. And now we were given a chance to see that, that crew back. And Terry Maldus, the, 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 crew, the showrunner, did a fantastic job of putting all the pieces together. But I felt he didn't stick the landing very well. Right. So this season of Picard starts out where there's a, a mysterious situation where Beverly Crusher uh, is costed by... Ah, herself. Force, herself, like. El Gates McFadden. And it, a signal goes to Patrick Stewart and he starts to get the crew back together. Consistently over... Like, and they don't do it all in one fell swoop. Over a couple of episodes, they start to piece all the crew back together. And there's a reason for them all being there for the most part. And there's a reason why certain characters turn up at certain points. And... And it's and he finds out Picard finds out that he has an actual son with Beverly, and he's now a fully grown individual in his mid twenties. Um, oh my god! And he's like a, a good mixture between that whole kind of fly by the seat of your pants, Han Soloish type character and level of intelligence that Picard would have. He's at that balance, right? And it, he becomes the MacGuffin of the story because it turns out that he has a certain kind of trait to him that uh, uh, the big bad wants, and so on and so forth. And there, there is an, a kind of a, a proxy big bad played by played by Amanda Plummer, who oh wow you know who is Star Trek alum because of her father Christopher Plummer who played yep. General Kang in uh, Star Trek the Undiscovered Country and she emulates him partially in some of her mannerisms in the oh show. Oh my god! Like there's a it's bit where she's wetting yourself. Yeah, like there's if you're a Trek fan and you see certain things in the show, you're kind of going, "Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That was a nice nod. Nice nod." Now yeah. this particular season compared to the first two seasons of Picard, which were garbage in my mind. Um, this was very much fan servicey all the way through. For, for if not alone, they just based everything on a ship. Everything is on a starship. It happens right. they're on a starship and they're doing things on starships rather than you know being on Earth or traveling through time yeah. and doing all sorts of stuff. They're on a ship and they're doing Trek stuff and the ship is traveling through space. But as the story progresses, and spoilers for anyone that hasn't caught up with it yet, if you don't want to hear spoilers for this, from here on in. Fast forward or turn it off or whatever. But the big bad is revealed to be the Borg. Who are Picard's nemesis. Person. Yeah. You know, no pun on that intended considering the last Star Trek Next Generation film. But the Borg have been done to death because they were involved in the first and second season already. I don't know. First season? See, the first season was so bad I can't even remember what the fuck the bad guy was. <laughs> Um, so they put Zod in it again. Yeah, primarily, exactly, exactly that. Primarily, the bad guys for the second season were the Borg, including the Borg Queen, played by the um, uh, played by an actress who passed away recently. Um, uh, and uh, I'm going to do her a disservice, and because I've had a few beers or a few wines, even a few wines, I'm I don't want to <laughs> any versing. I don't want to. I want to. Don't want to mispronounce her name because she has passed away. Uh, any. Vershing, so W-E-R-S-C-H-I-N-G. Uh, right. Fantastic actress, has been loads of stuff, including the game The Last of Us, um, passed away. And she played the Borg Queen in the second season. And she was great um, in it as the Borg Queen. I thought she did a great job. But the Borg then come back in season three and they turn out to be the big bad. But it's actually the old Borg Queen from Star Trek First Contact. And she's like the remnants of what she is. But they're muted. There's no 
by the end of it, they're limping to the finish line as bad guys. After right. all the machinations of the rest of the season, it's a damp squib at the end of it. It really doesn't hit home for me. And there's elements. Nobody of, experiences beige. There's zero beige. Zero Aww. beige. No beige. No beige. No beige for you. No beige for you. Complete missed opportunity. Right. Okay. Um, so. It kind of, I think it fell flat at the end for me because they were just trying to cram in too much nostalgia. Is it finished now? It's done now. That's it. Season three was the last season. They finished it with like, with as much aplomb as they could try to do it with. And they tried to, like the the showrunner had said, look, I had plans for doing so much more. And like, I read an interview with him. I think it was as the second to last episode dropped. And it was like, look, I had plans for this, this, and this, and this. And I feel if you're a showrunner and you're explaining in an interview I really wanted to do all of this stuff, but I couldn't. Mm. You're kind of making excuses for what you eventually did. Was he, was it the, was it uh, Paramount? Yeah. Yeah, it's Paramount. They wouldn't give him the budget to to kind of bring more to it. So it kind of felt, felt to me that it was rushed because essentially each episode is an hour long and he was trying to cram in. He built up so much in the last, in the previous nine episodes, only 10 episodes. In the previous right. nine episodes, he built up so much. And the, what he'd done up to that point, partially, had been fantastic. There's been some great moments in it and some lovely moments and some beautiful yeah, shots. We can, read the, we can read the comics to finish the stories for the next four years. <laughs> I like, and there, I, there was a bit of a feeling for that. Like I felt at the end of it then, they did a few things in the last two episodes that I felt was a bit of a misstep. There was a brand new character introduced that was loved by the fans. And while he drew conclusion, drew comparisons to a previous character, Captain Sisko from DS9, uh, in, in partially in some of his story and some of his kind of reasoning for his character, um, he was played brilliantly and the fan base loved him. And he was killed off in the second to last episode. See, this is it. They don't know who the fans are going to fall in love with. But this guy was prominently out there. He was prom- oh. he was prominent and he was up there. Oh, okay. They did know. I reckon they could have made a guess at it for sure because he was the only new new character in the show. And everyone right. else, Bar Barbara Card's son, everyone else was was already there. Uh, well, no, I tell a lie. Sorry, there was one or two new characters. Um, Jordy LaForge had two daughters, and they both played oh, right. parts, and they were cool. Um. Was Jordy in it? Jordy was in it. The whole crew. I I was oh, a bit right. pissed. I was as an Irishman. Yeah. That the most important man in Starfleet history did not make it. No Miles. No Miles O'Brien. Um, I think they did a bit of a misstep there on that one. They should have brought him in at some point. But not even inches O'Brien. <laughs> Sorry. That's the name of the episode right there. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that what they tried to do, they they aim for this. So. To, to paraphrase um, Oscar Wilde, they aim for the stars. They slightly missed. Landed in the gutter. They and, right. no, well, okay. they, they slightly missed. <laughs> they 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 landed right. in the stratosphere slightly, but was it worth it? Was it worth it in the end? Oh, you had to think about it. You yeah. see, then it then then it's it's a question because you're like, uh. Like everything doesn't have to be high art. I know that. That's true. And I enjoy lots of things that aren't. But um, if it's just if it gave you a kind of a warm feeling, if it sparked joy, it was worth it. The first, definitely, if, the first half of the season did. Right. 
you know. And what about so I I kind of checked out of the Mandalorian early part of the second season because it was a that's, bit. Well, that's was, something we can definitely segue chimpan chimpanzee to segue into that because um, sluggish. So what happened there? Season three was it was like it was like you know you know when a band releases their fourth album and she's gone, she's gone. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. She Kaiser out the fuck. There she is. So, um. It was kind of like, you know, when the band releases their fourth album and every second track is all right. All right, yeah. It was that. Like, it started off well and then it faltered and then it started, it, it came back a bit really good and then it faltered and then it came back really good and then it faltered heavily as we're getting to the end here. It faltered heavily. Um, it, it wasted Jack Black and Lizzo in an episode. Like, that was the stunt. Oh, wow. And Christopher Lloyd. Like the, oh wow! They stunted Christopher Lloyd, Jack Black, and Lizzo in one episode, all in the one episode. Um, yeah, that's you're kind of you're kind of taken away from your uh, your uh, stunt there. It was it was yeah, like when it was really really good, it was good, but when it was bad, it was fucking terrible, like like really bad, um, <gasps> like yeah. Like the, it, 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 like it finished strong. Like the last, the finale was really good. Um, and there's a finality to the finale. Actually, there actually is a finality. It doesn't hang on anything. It doesn't cliffhang on anything. Um, right. There are, there are obviously there are stuff still to come, but I think they're gonna do a bit more storytelling with Ahsoka. But I think it became the Bo-Katan show way too quickly. Like the Mandalorian did fuck all until the end. He was there. Grogu was there. Right. They put Grogu in a mech suit. Put him in a mech suit, yeah. So they hollowed out an IG model of a droid and, and he got the pilot like a fucking robot jocks. Like he was he was giving it all that, like he was like and he had a little button that said yes and no. Oh, the cutest specific grim ever. Yeah, literally that was it. He he drifted with himself. It was just him. Like, you know? Sorry, can we take a moment just to warn Jill and just get her to look around for Kaiju? I think she's done that. She sailed into Godzilla's mouth in, in I think it was, oh, okay. was uh, so she was okay, good, okay. Like, you know? Um, so yeah, but I think the Mandalorian was very much hit and miss on this season. Very much so. I think they, they kind of they had too much filler. They could have they could have cut that right. season in half and it would have been much better. I really enjoyed season one and I left it there then because I had so much fun with it. And I, I felt like they were going to start wasting my time. Well, they, they kind of, I think what's happening is, is that they've been asked to do too much in too many shows. Like Filoni right. is fantastic at what he does. Favreau is good at what he does. I think two of them together have put together some great ideas. Um, but overall, they've like, and or surprised the bollocks out of all of us. You just don't know. You just don't know how people are going to take yeah. to things. And, yeah. and I mean, they can't have predicted I mean, they they obviously put the fucking work into Andor. They well, really they weren't did. involved but in they, Andor. That's the thing. But no, but no, I meant they as in Disney. Disney. That was lovingly made. Yeah. You could you could smell that they had confidence in what they were doing, and I think you can always sense nervousness. Um. Uh, here's a chimpanzee riding on a Segway for you. Yeah. Um. The delightful, beautiful internet's father, Pedro Pascal, who will always be over in Martel in my heart, um, uh, is on my my 
is a, is a great guest on the earliest show. If you haven't watched the earliest show on YouTube, watch the six episodes and then um, with Ben Schwartz and Lauren Lapkus improvising like, like, like beautiful music. And then the over an hour in outtakes that there is, because you'll never be the same afterwards. My comedy Bang Bang book arrived and it's signed by... Uh, Scott Ackerman, Paul F. Tompkins, and the beautiful gazelle Lauren Lapkus. That's awesome. So she, um, there's a great, Pedro Pascal is having a fucking great time when he's on that. He just seems to be having just, a great time he everywhere he goes. He just has a good time everywhere. Yeah, he's he just, just has a great he's time. Happy. I think, I think yeah. like, part of him is like, yeah, I'm everyone's daddy. And then also part of him is like, how the fuck is this happening? He was so good in SNL, wasn't he? Did you see yeah, him on I SNL? Saw, like, I'm <laughs> so like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and then he was on he was on set Myers. He was like, this is the wah. That's the wah. That's the wah. <laughs> um speaking of books that came out, so I'm gonna this is kind of it's not a pimpage for me, but it kind of is at the same time. Um so I picked up my comics today. Well, I think I know what this is. We're so segueing today. We Very check so. us out. Let's go. So this is a new alien comment that came out today. We're recording today on LV426 day. So this is April 26th is alien day, right? So LV426 yeah. being the original planet from aliens. So um, this is a comic that came out today. It's backwards. Um, I'm going to hang on. Let me yeah. see if I can remedy this shit. You can. You can mirror your feed. Couldn't be arsed to figure it out. Anyway, this yeah. is an alien comic um, written by Declan Shelby with Ooh. art from you just read out the uh hit list where's the credits sorry <laughs> um i don't even know if they, what they do it's uh they do i know where it is here we go so um writer declan shavley shalvey shavley shalvey artist <laughs> andrea Broccacardo. uh trina farrell is the colorist and clayton cowles is the letter trina tree congratulations trina tree by the way Got married Taboo. We're big fans. We're big yeah. fans of the Institute yeah, yeah, yeah. of Marriage. Um, so, and a rake of, of, of uh, uh, variant covers from the likes of Alex uh, Alec, Alex Malev, uh, Shalvi, I have the Shalvi cover, uh, Gabrielle Del Lotto. So, this is a new alien comic that came out today, right? Now, Deck, this is Deck's uh, first foray into the alien universe as a writer. And uh, he we, we chatted about it consistently over the last while, and he very graciously decided that there was an engineering company that was being brought into the alien universe within this book and he called it Talbot Engineering after myself um, so my name That's is now part of the quality alien, alien friendship. canon uh, I don't know if you can see this on, on thing, but here's the book I'm trying to get you can see the Talbot Engineering logo on the yeah. panels, right? and then she talks about Talbot Engineering and stuff like that but here's another thing you probably don't know um, so yes I'm named after, Talbot Engineering is named after me, but the villain in the story is one Wendell Thien, and that's Wendell Thien right there, okay, that's in there. Yeah. Wendell Thien is based off of our good friend Adam Kelly's hero quest character, Wendell Winfred the third, no, Wendell Winfred, right? The third comes out of the fact that Adam, is, he's a wizard, and Adam plays him like a shotgun wizard, so he rushes into combat and gets killed straight away. So every variation of the new character of Wendell is his, his descendants, 
coming to get revenge. So I think he's up to Wendell Winford the fourth at the moment. But the main <laughs> villain in the Alien book, and Deck might kill me for saying this, but is based off Adam Kelly's Hero Quest character Wendell Wilfred, who is the Shotgun Wizard, and that's that's who it's based on. That's what he looks like. That's that's who it is. That's so, amazing. Yeah, because both myself and Adam are huge Alien fans and huge fans of the franchise, and uh, it's just a thrill to be in any way name dropped in a book, but to be name dropped in an Alien book. Beautiful. But go pick this up. It's available in comic stores. This is the Declan Shalvey variant cover. Um, and it is, I've read it. I read it multiple times today. It's a great start. Props to Adek and the team involved. It's a really good start to a new alien story um, outside of the main alien kind of idea. And it's an, it's a really good idea. Otherwise, it's essentially an ice planet and there's aliens buried in the ice. And the, the, the mining, co- the Talbot engineering have sent researchers there and they uncover some stuff yeah um, but there's some some really nice touches and it picks up like it it, it really emanates the franchise and it's it's really good like so it's I highly recommend well done Deck so yeah so fair play um, god wouldn't you be shitting yourself if you were Declan Shelby's artist yeah I mean look this it must one... be like being Dave Grohl's drummer did you see right here's another segue for you did you see an interview that Dave Grohl did with Pharrell Williams no Right, so there was an interview. It's all over the the, the Twitterverse or TikTok or whatever the fuck. It's on social media, and it's right. basically Pharrell saying, "Look, you're a fantastic drummer. Like you know, you're brilliant." And Dave's like, "Let me tell you, I'm a mediocre drummer. I rip off all of my riffs from from different bands throughout the ages. All of my drum beats on Nevermind are rips rip offs of of disco bands from the seventies." In particular, the Gap, the Gap band. So that whole, like, you know, that's a disco riff from the Gap band. So that whole, in Smells Like Teen Spirit, it's like, that's amazing. That's amazing. So you can find it's up on the YouTube. But he had, he said there was another artist he ripped off, or not ripped off, but took from. Yeah. And he was over at Dave Grohl's house for a barbecue once. And he says, I have to say to you, I owe you a lot. And he's like, I know, I know. I've heard your shit. I, I heard know. it. I heard it. I heard it. So yeah. So it's it just goes to show you that the greatest minds in the world are gonna take from what they learn from listening but, and reading and doing it. Like, but I love that. I love to be honest, as teens and twenty year olds, we are all just our references at that point. You know, you really you find your yeah. core and which parts are truest to you. Um but uh, I mean, we're a culture yeah. built on that. Like, I mean, we are very much a culture built on built on what's come before us. I mean, like one of yeah. the biggest things of the last. We're still in the oral tradition. I yeah. certainly was in my twenties. Jesus, Jesus! I was more studious. I was the oral tradition. Leamach Kukurmuk, quid quid a screwed fopper. Yeah. So anyway. Um, that's that's that joke is gonna land with two people, um, but I think yeah we are very much and that's and again that circles back to what we were talking about with John Hughes because we're a, we're a product of what we've consumed and anyone that creates is a product it can, creates from products they've consumed. And, See, this is this is what I find it's so like creating at all is so brave to me. Anything. 
anything you're putting out is so brave because you're really exposing yourself to scrutiny just anything that you produce and um whereas someone like me I'm like I love singing or and someone will go oh are you a good singer and I'm like no <laughs> because I've heard Ella Fitzgerald do you know what I mean yeah. like I would listen I would listen to Billie Holiday and go oh well, what I'm doing is just different talking because that's singing I, and like yeah. if you do that if you do that with anything you're never going to produce anything in your life 100%. and I, I I'm too a life uh what's that line from Strictly Ballroom a life lived in fear is a life half lived I have been half living my life for my whole life and I am just absolutely in awe of creatives so what's the I, debut album out then <laughs> But I mean, no, 100%, I get it. Like For the longest time, I, yeah. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to create yeah. anything. I didn't want to make anything. I didn't want to show off yeah, anything. And look at you now, bitch. Oh, like it took somebody going, like multiple yeah. people. It actually took multiple people to go. Multiple people, yeah. I, and then so. uh, I would show you something you did four years ago and you'd vomit. And you're like, well, this is, this is, this is us as a personality, Wayne. Uh, like artists, like watching artists recoil yeah. from this picture that I think is stunning yeah. and they just see the mistakes in it was a model for my life. I'm like, oh, if you're not horrified by you from five years ago, then you're not doing anything worthwhile. You know, you're not, you're not. Improved. I wonder if John Hughes is horrified. He's dead. So yeah. I wonder if he got a chance to be horrified before he passed. Probably will kill him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, I think he did grow as a filmmaker. I think like he, he moved past that. Either he got it out of his Yeah, system. he made Baby's Day Out. <laughs> Sorry. Well, look, there's somebody somewhere. There's somebody somewhere going, you know what? I love Baby's Day Out. And that's hey, all right. I reckon Fred Fletch. Fred Fletch is going to make a week's worth of Baby's Day Out memes. Oh and it's going to be Judd Nelson and Joey Pants up the wazoo. And I'm here for it. I think you'd like I'm Joey Pants and fucking Judd Nelson up the oh, wazoo. Oh, do you remember? Oh, what's your name from? Lara Flynn Boyle is in Baby's Day Out. An absolute fucking smoke show. She's playing the man. What? And she's absolutely how, how does a film with that level of beautiful. talent how does that live them of level of talent? And, and they're like and they're rich fucks, like the the parents, the baby is like minted. Is this like a prequel to Home Alone or something? <laughs> Maybe. But uh but but now, am I getting the right am I gonna do this again? Yeah, Lara Flynn Boyle is the is the star of Twin Peaks. Don't say that. One of one of them. One of the she's ensemble the, she's cast. She's the recluse star. Of, she was. She came a recluse after that show. She doesn't. She kind of shut yes. down her personal life. Yeah. Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's hey, her. Yeah, because yeah. I'm gonna mix her up with the one who plays Cheryl, Amanda Palmer. Cheryl. Does, um, well, yeah, Cheryl Fenn, and then Cheryl Fenn. Yeah, yeah. Lara Flynn Boyle, Cheryl Fenn. Yeah, I, I, I did the switcheroo. Look, on we did it earlier on with like Anthony Michael Hall and Michael C. Years. Hall. You know. Yeah. There's probably yeah. people shouting at their podcasting device or yeah. on YouTube going, what the fuck are you talking about? Now, yeah. we, we realized the error of our ways. We got there. We grew as people. Yeah, we um, grew. Yeah. We grew 100%. so much, Wayne. 100%. This whole, this whole episode is just us growing as people. 
Guys, this is part of my cosplay for Comic Con. Uh, if you know who this is, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be quite exciting. I can't wait to mope around the place. Just saying. Um, yeah. So I mean, look, does the like we've talked about Picard, we talked about Mando a wee bit, but uh, yeah, we've talked at length about multitude of toxicity and and, and John Hughes yeah. making a, one of the worst films I've ever seen. In my life. The eighties was Wayne. There was a lot of cocaine please don't underestimate the amount of cocaine that was going on during the cocaine years of the 70s and 80s unspeakable shit came out of hollywood um and but but like like i do kind of i miss boob comedies boob comedies. you know just where they didn't you know like they weren't trying to do high art they were just making porkies do you know what oh, i mean oh okay yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. American Pie kind of they they were too expensive. They looked too expensive, and they were too. Uh, there, was, there was they were very fratty. They ooh yeah, I won't be watching those again. Um, uh, I aged out of those ones by the second one. I think most people did. Um, yeah. Again, a couple of charismatic stars in your absolute piece of garbage will elevate it to a point that maybe it didn't deserve. There's a scene in, in, in Meatballs in the kitchen where PJ Stoles, who I think was PJ Souls, PJ Souls is like 17 or something. And Bill Murray, who's probably about 45, is just like <laughs> slapping her on the tits with a spatula. And you know that was improvised. And you're like, you fucking prick. She's just, she's, and she's, she knows the camera's rolling and she's just going to smile and go along with it because you're, oh, you're the hero. Oh, Meatballs doesn't stand up why they don't watch Meatballs. What about Stripes? Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm talking about Stripes. You're talking about Stripes. <laughs> you Michael C. Hall, Bill I Murray's I wish to movies. take back the meatball slander, although I'll probably watch meatballs. And I, go, I think we oh, need oh, to now. I think we need to now. <laughs> I think we need to go find out what, 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 yeah. what kind of debauchery is in meatballs, you know? Oh, guys, I would, I would absolutely, I'll tell you, if we get together, I would absolutely stream with y'alls and I could behave myself and I could obey um, terms of service, but we'd have to, um, uh, yeah, we'd be playing a game or uh, doing something uh, nonsense. But yeah, probably not watching meatballs. But we do have to record a commentary when Jill gets back from from Japan and when Darren is not off being extremely social. Uh, yeah. We have to record our commentary for the two thousands Dungeons and Dragons film, starring <gasps> starring Jeremy yeah. Irons and Thor Birch. Uh, that that was promised. You know, so we have to it's do the that. The prince that was promised. It is, guys. I promise I will not watch it again until we're watching it. Yeah, because it's. I have. I. I watched it again recently. I watched it just to kind of see what we were in for. Holy sweet Jesus Christ! Fuck me. That's. Oh my God. It's just. It's yeah, yeah. That got released in cinemas. So, it did. Uh, I was there, bitch. Yeah, honorable thieves is 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 fucking Goodfellas compared to it, like you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Justice for Jonathan. <laughs> Justice for Jonathan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that note, folks, uh, this has been a duo podcast. I've been Wayne. I've been Kim. Until next time, folks, uh, when the, the team are reunited, uh, we will see you. Stay safe. Look after yourselves. Don't watch 16 Candles ever again. No, don't. <laughs> see you later. We did it because you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs>